goodness gracious alive. Where else would you rather be than in Mequod, Wisconsin tonight? Wow. Where else would you rather be than at Winterfield tonight? No, no, playoffs. Where else would you rather be, Mr. Simo? Come on, young man. Milk Jug Magic. That's it. Where else would you rather be? Wow. Wow. Mother the 10th inning. Where else would you rather be? Goodness gracious alive. Welcome to the Where Else Would You Rather Be podcast. Hosted by Connor Jelly and Brett Loftus. Welcome back to episode number four of the Where Else Would You Rather Be podcast. And what is it today, Counter Jelly? Throwback Thursday. We're going to be doing these every Thursday morning. It's going to be talking about sports topics that both have relevance to obviously today in sports time, but also stuff that maybe, just maybe, will take you back in time a little bit, something that as a sports nerd myself and a sports history nerd, something that I definitely want to focus on. I know those of you who are listening on all of our audio platforms cannot see. I wore my Brett Favre jersey today since it is our fourth episode and considering that it is Throwback Thursday. So let's get right into it. We will first start off with our Goodness Gracious Alive story of the show. Connor and I will both share our first ever sporting events as little tykes. What did we go and what did we watch or maybe participate in or whatever else? And I'm going to let Mr. Jelly have the floor here first. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Well, welcome, everybody. My first ever sporting event that I attended, um, I actually don't really remember, okay, because I was probably about a week or so old um i was freshly born new to the world okay but my grandfather jim kaiser uh we refer to him in the family as pappy he was still coaching at avon high school at shout out time. pappy um shout out pappy my i don't want to brag too much but my pappy is in the, the IHSA coaching hall of fame he's the good football so, so we play. he's he's one of the goats he's one of the goats around here so um, I actually was in attendance for his one of his Friday night games. Um, I don't know which one. I don't know what day. What uh, Obviously, it was 99. Um, I just popped out. So, hey, that is my first ever sporting event. All I right. attended one of my pappy's football games. I have to pose then. What is the first sporting event you remember attending? Uh, first sporting event I remember attending was actually one of my Little League games. Um Thinking back on it right now, uh, it would be right about the time I was ending my Little League career. We, uh, I had a walk-off. Right nice. Between It was a six-hole banger, line drive. Yeah, yes, sir. Hit a walk-off, six-hole bang ski. How about that? That's, that's all I got for you. Counter jelly. Been the goat since a youngin'. All right. So, for me, my first sporting event I remember attending was – Two years old. Now, yes, I know. I have very vague, vague, vague memories of it. But I was two years old, and I went to a NASCAR Xfinity race at Darlington Motor Speedway, or Darlington Raceway. First game that I fully remember attending where I sat at what happened in the game. I was four years old, and I went to a Braves and Oakland Aves game at Turner Field. Brian McCann hit his first career homer in that game, and John Smoltz started for the Braves. So that's a little backstory for us so let's go and introduce our topics now as first we're going to start off with if you would have lived in the 90s 
who had been your favorite athlete. Then we'll move on to who is the greatest baseball player of all time. What would college football have looked like with a four-team playoff 20 years ago? Who is the greatest NBA big man of all time? And is Tom Brady the greatest athlete to ever live? That is a very subjective question, and that's exactly why we're going to talk about it in today's episode. So, you know, that's a good question. That's our first segment of the podcast this morning. And, you know, that's a good question. If you would have been living in the 90s, Counter Jelly, who would have been your favorite athlete? Well, that is a very good question because the 90s had a lot of really good players show up. Um, it's tough. I mean, obviously, you got Michael Jordan, um, but there's also Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith. Um, <clears throat> Brett Favre. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think if I were to have lived during the 90s um, and was involved in football as much as I am now, whew, I mean, I think it would be either Brett Favre, Randy Moss, or Barry Sanders. But for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to say Brett Favre because that dude is just un- unreal. It, I mean, he's a playmaker. I love he- that you stole my pick. Well, I'm, I'm wearing. I am wearing his jersey. How about this? I'll just say Barry Sanders. That dude was I, I can nuts. go put on his jersey, too. <laughs> I, I, I love both of them. I have both of their jerseys. It's it's hard to pick just one, honestly. I mean, so Brett Favre me, is, was the Josh Allen of that era. So yes, that's why I love Josh Allen so much. Okay, yeah. for those who don't know, Brett Favre is my namesake. Fun fact there for you: he is the Josh Allen of his generation, and love Brett Favre. I actually read his book or read a book about him over the summer called The Gunslinger. I mean, I read a lot on a daily basis, like articles and stuff like that. Big recommend on The Gunslinger. Very good book. And I'll be quite honest, it kind of shows a side of Brett Favre that maybe will make you think negatively of him. But as a football player, love Brett Favre, right? Love what he did for the game. Got to go Brett Favre. Got to go Neon Dion, prime time himself. Yes, sir. Dion Sanders, still one of my favorite athletes to this day. Um, Obviously, he played for the Braves. We all we all know how I feel about the Braves. We all know, okay. Uh, and then he also played with the Falcons. He's an Atlanta guy. He he's 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 what Atlanta embodies in an in an athlete in a human being. The swagger, the way he played the game of football, the way he played the game of baseball. I mean, he did everything the right way. And I think even now, Dion as a coach, the program he's created at Jackson State. We talked about that on the podcast the other day. But Deion Sanders, again, he's a, he's a sports icon, in my opinion. I don't think oh, you yeah. you don't have too many people come across like Deion Sanders. So it had been between Deion and Brett Favre, and I know those guys are on very opposite ends of the spectrum. Deion, South Florida native, you know, wearing the gold chains and the jerry curl, and Brett Favre grew up in, you know, deep Mississippi and talk like this right here. So I understand. <laughs> I understand. Very much so into the spectrum. But uh, it would have been between either one of those guys. So moving on, and obviously, just as a side note, Chipper Jones, he would have been up there too. But I grew up watching Chipper, so I can't really say say Chipper in that one way or the other. All right, so moving on, you know, that's a good question. We had a 15-minute debate, ladies and gentlemen, before we even started recording the podcast about this question. Who is the greatest baseball player of all time? And so for the sake of the argument, we'll take out pitchers. We're not going to use pitchers in here. We're going to just use everyday position players because it can get very kind of dicey when you start to throw in pitchers. 
Um, we can give our pitchers if you like Connor. Uh, I think it's pretty I mean, obvious. That, yeah, we, that would be Randy Johnson or Shohei Otani at that point. Uh, no, it's Greg Maddox. Okay, ah. we don't have to debate. Oh, 355 wins in the modern era and a 3.16 ERA, Connor. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, but it. the fear Randy Johnson instilled, bro. Who cares? All right, whatever. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna keep moving here. Who is the greatest position player in baseball history? So, so for those of you who don't know, just a quick little story about what brett was talking about okay my dad was on the phone before the podcast shout out scott jelly shout out to my father scott jelly he was giving us some insights uh brett was brett was getting a little heated so he was very heated you're getting antsy you wanted to get this question i was i was but i do have to say for me personally it's between three players roberto clemente ken griffey jr and Trout, but here's the thing: Trout hasn't played long enough, and his career is not as legendary as of right now. I don't think. Okay, so we're gonna take him out of it. So, I know Brett loves Griffey. Okay, but this is true. Brett loves Griffey. Loves Griffey. But I think realistically, for me, greatest baseball player all around is Roberto Clemente, and it's because of the fact that he had one of the most elite arms to ever come through the game. I mean, no one can even say that they've seen an arm like Roberto's up to this point anymore. Okay. He, he had 3000 hits. That's an elite club. It's an elite club, elite club. The only player to ever finish out a career with 3000 hits. God bless him. Like exactly what, what counter means by that? Like no more, no less. What tragic story. How, but you know, God bless him. Um, He impacted the game tremendously um you know his greatest his greatest line was uh you know you throw me a fastball outside i'll hit 400 you throw a fastball inside you're never going to see it again i mean that's the kind of confidence that you need in a player and you know that's what he brought to the table and everyone knows he was an elite defender an elite hitting or whoa an elite hitter there we go (laughs) my bad (laughs) and the guy stole bases man i mean he he uh he did everything, everything. I, I'm sad that I never got to watch him play, but my dad was actually at the game where he got his 3,000th hit. So there's a little We got to get Scott Jelly on the podcast. We do that have to get Scott Jelly on the podcast. My dad's seen a lot of stuff, man. My dad has seen a that's lot a of That's a requirement stuff. out of you. All right. So <laughs> before I say part, anything. Part of my contract. <laughs> <laughs> so before I say anything, I would love to share that whenever I visit a baseballism, in which I have in Atlanta, Georgia, many times, I have purchased both a Roberto Clemente and a Ken Griffey Jr. T-shirt. Okay, you're probably saying, Brett, why are you telling this? I would also like to remind our listeners that I have both purchased in my lifetime a Ken Griffey Jr. jersey as well as a Roberto Clemente jersey. I say all that to say these are two of my favorite players of all time. Okay, so I'm a little biased with both of those guys, but Roberto Clemente. As much as I would love to say it, not the greatest baseball player of all times. Got to be the kid. Got to be Ken Griffey Jr. If he does, I said this on a podcast the other night. If he doesn't get hurt and miss the majority of 01 to 04, Ken Griffey Jr. has 800 plus career home runs. He does. He does. He's the only person. Yeah, he would. He does. I'm not going to debate you there. And, and you know how, how many shots did he put in his arm for steroids? Uh, I, believe, I believe it was this number. Yeah, yeah. No juice. No juice. And my man's out here competing home run numbers with Sammy Sosa, with Barry Bonds at the time, with your Mark McGuire's. I mean, you could say he didn't juice himself, but he had all the juice in the world. He did. He did. 
He did. So, King Griffey Jr., defensively, the only thing that he wasn't better than Roberto was, he wasn't as good as an arm. He was a better defender as far as range goes, but he didn't have as good as an arm as Roberto. If you go back and watch the film, I think it could be up to debate for hitting-wise because Roberto was a better straight-up hitter, but King Griffey Jr. obviously hit for a lot more power. So when you look at it that way, I think they kind of tit for tat at the dish, kind of whatever you value more. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they're definitely up there. But two guys that I think get very underrated in this argument will say this and will keep on moving forward, and it's because they use steroids, and not only that they use steroids, but that they deny that they use steroids, Barry Bonds and Alec Rodriguez. People do not think about that a lot. You look at what Barry did over his career. The statistics speak for themselves. People often forget, though, Connor Jelly. He had a plethora of gold gloves. Barry oh, yeah. is the only player ever to have 500 homers and 500 stolen bases, and he has 700-plus career homers, 773 to be exact. Okay, When you look at Alex Rodriguez, 696 career homers. We look at you know the defense that he played in his younger years. You look at the stolen bases that he was able to rack up in his younger years. People don't like Alex Rodriguez because – of the type of person he is in post-retirement and the type of person he was the last five years that he played. But you've got to move that aside when you look at some of these athletes and moving that aside, and it's really irrelevant to what they did on the diamond. I don't care what anybody says. Alex Rodriguez is one of the greatest players to ever play a game of baseball, and I don't think people look at that enough. Also, throw it back, Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb doesn't get enough credit with how good of a hitter he was back in his day as well as a base stealer. All right. You must be outside your mind. That's going to be our next segment up here, Connor. This is something I kind of dug deep into my bag about because I was like, Connor's going to like this one. You must be outside your mind. What would college football have looked like with a four-team playoff 20 years ago? So, Andy Klein, who is putting a lot of these statistics together for us, I want to thank Andy. He's going to do this for every episode and every podcast. He actually posed the question in the rundown as well, and we'll answer his question very quickly. He posed the question to Connor and I, will the top 12 playoff team format fix this either? My answer, no. I do like it, though, because I think that you needed to expand from four teams, but 12 is too many. I think optimally it's eight. Connor, yeah. shortly thoughts on that. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think an 18 playoff is probably best because, I mean, with the 12-team format, you know, with how long that could stretch out this season. It's not even – I don't even think it's how long it could stretch out. There's just the parity differential in that in the competition. I mean, think about if Georgia right now had to go out and, and play a Kentucky, which they will this year. I mean, yeah. they should they should ideally destroy Kentucky, right? Right. On paper. Um, yeah, on paper. On paper. Um, and, I mean, when you, look at, when you look at what our good friend Andy has put in here, right, uh, is – if I'm not mistaken, these are the best teams from 2002, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're okay. yeah, looking at so, that. I think so, it'll be very interesting. And just very quickly, if the season ended today, looking at that 12-team playoff format, Georgia would have to play BYU, and Alabama would have to play Michigan State. If, if you're doing the 1 versus 12 and the 2 versus 11, now, let's say that you give your first two teams, your top two teams, or top four teams a bye, okay, which is what they have proposed. And then four plays 12, five plays 11, and so on. We'll even say that the, the highest seed wins each of those. So you're going to go one through six. Georgia playing Oklahoma right now, one versus six. And then Alabama playing Clemson. I don't think any of those games are going to be 
any kind of comp- kind of top competition. No. I mean, at some point, you're still going to run into games where you're like, this should be an easy win for. You're going to run in upsets. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but um, yeah. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about sports is why we yeah. love it. Right? I, I, uh, I don't know. The top twenty, the top twelve playoff is going to be kind of weird. All right, moving on. To 2002, so that was 20 seasons ago, 20 years ago. What would a 12-team playoff look like then? So we'll run through the top 12 in the rankings, and it was an odd time, to say the least. Ohio State, they went 14-0. and They won a national championship over the Miami Hurricanes that year. If you remember correctly, that's when Chris Gamble, who was playing wide receiver for Ohio State, went up in the end zone. He drops the ball, deflects off his shoulder pads. Miami has ran on the field. Okay, they put on their national championship hats. It's the Tostitos Bowl out in Phoenix. They have busted out bags of Tostitos, and they're starting to celebrate. They think they just won back-to-back national championships. Flag. Pass interference penalty. Ohio State scores a touchdown on the next play. Then they go and they score a touchdown in the second overtime or the third overtime. I forget how many overtimes it went to. Miami has stopped on the set of downs in their overtime, and then Ohio State ends up winning the national championship game. So a lot of people think that Miami, and, and I'm a part of that, Miami should have won that national championship. Just wanted to precede that in there before we read these rankings. Again, Ohio State number one, Miami's number two, the Bulldogs of UGA number three, Southern Cal number four. So those would have been your top four teams in the college football playoff as it stands now. Oklahoma five, Texas six, Kansas State seventh, Iowa 8th, Michigan 9th, Washington State 10th, Alabama 11th, North Carolina State 12th. Side note there, it's kind of funny how the spectrum of college football is very much the same, and you have a lot of those familiar names still. I was just thinking the same thing, yeah. So, Ohio State Connor would have played host to Southern Cal in the first round. Miami would have played host to Georgia in that sense. The bigger matchup would have been Miami and Georgia, and Miami should have probably blown the Bulldogs right off the map. And Ohio State, they probably would have beat Southern Cal. And more than likely, you would have had the same game that you would have had in the BCS area of the game. So in looking at it that way, you can take a lot of different seasons and go, well, 2007, you don't know what would have happened, right? One of the more interesting years in history of college football. But looking at it like that, I'll pose the question to you now that we've kind of put everything on the table. How do you think a 14 playoff would have looked back in the year of 2002? Um, It definitely would have been more of, well, back then, it definitely would have been more of dominance by Miami, Georgia, and Ohio State. So, I mean – you still would have had like those three teams that just keep going, right? Obviously, until Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, all of them went away from Miami, and Miami kind of took a down downslide. Uh, but I mean, I think I think in the stance of the twelve team playoff, that would have been really fun to watch. With- there would have been so much, so <laughs> many blowouts. Man, oh my but, gosh! But it still would have been fun to watch, just like these, you know, these names that you don't see very often get into the playoffs. But I think that's kind of where they went wrong. They're trying to please too many people, you know. I think they're trying to please way too many. I people. agree. I, I think that you're coming in here with the mindset of, hey, you know, we're going to bring more teams in the playoffs, so we're going to generate more revenue or whatever you want to do. And I think I've I've been a part of the people to say that four teams are way too small. Yeah. But I'm not on the board of saying twelve teams is too big or, or I, 12 teams is right i guess i should say I, 12 teams are too big i i think i think it's just like for me i think it's the point of you know 
why did we jump from four teams all the way to 12 teams? Like, why didn't we test out? Why don't we just test out an eight? Or you could first? honestly do six and just give your top two teams a bye and do three versus six and four versus five and then do a four-team playoff from there and a two-team playoff. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I like the eight just because, you know, it could actually give, like, some team out of nowhere a chance to sneak in if they just get really hot and win like but you know what and i'll say this and we'll move on to our next topic i think you bring up a great point there connor because we have still yet to have and we're going into what is it this season the ninth season of the college football playoff era and we have still yet to have a two-loss team even make the playoffs yeah even make the playoffs yeah and here you show let's see one two three four you even even in a fourteen playoff even in a four-team playoff in 2002, you would have had a two-loss team in the playoffs at Southern Cal, who went 11-2 and two that year. Um, so, I mean, I, I look at it as the sense of – and, again, just for reference, these are the end of the season, the end of the season AP Top 25. Yeah. Um, so, again, I know that can say, well, Brett, you're not using whatever they use when you're going in playoffs. I understand that, okay? We're not, we're not being here nor there. I'm just saying you would have had a lot of – you would have had a higher probability of more two-loss teams being in the playoffs in the early 2000s because yeah. there was large discrepancies, but there was also a lot more parity, if that makes sense, right? Your best of the best was a lot better than the rest of the pack, but as you got deeper into the pack, kind of your 10 through your 20 teams, they're a lot closer than they kind of mm-hmm. are today. So yeah. I think it would have been very interesting to see. I think it would have been not as entertaining as the BCS because I do think the BCS era at that time worked but when you started getting on into the 2010s era of football, the BCS era just did not work anymore. Not. All right, change it up. Connor, we have not talked about NBA basketball yet. So I said, well, we're, we're about to gear up the season. Football has been our main topic, as well as baseball getting into these pennant races. So I'm thinking, why don't we talk a little NBA basketball tonight? So am I tweaking or who is the greatest NBA big man of all time? And I – Put this in Am I Tweaking Gore because Am I Tweaking Gore, Connor? And when I say I, I mean I. Brad Walker. <laughs> am I Tweaking Gore? Shaquille O'Neal is the greatest big man of all time. No, you're not. That was my that was my answer. Oh, so we're all in this together, huh? Yes, yes. All right, I'll I let mean, you have dude, the first. Sha- Shaquille is I, so many people want to say Bill Russell because of all the championships he had. But rest in peace. Yes, right. Great icon in the history of the game of basketball. Great Even icon. sports. Oh, that's true. Sports, too. He is one of the most notable you know, uh, championship winners to ever exist. Um, but Shaquille, dude, by the time he came in the league and by the time he left it, he was the most dominant big man through and through. I mean, he won, what was it, five? Yeah, five. Oh, he only won four. I thought he won five. But he has four championships, right? Three finals MVPs, one MVP, which I still think he should have at least three. Um, but, you know, he he instilled absolute fear. Nobody in the world could stop him when he played. There's no shot. I mean, are you going to try to block in the I'm paint? That dude, I mean, seven two, absolute pure freak of genetics. And yeah, a pure seven gift two, from God. 340, um, and he's probably, what, 10% body fat? Yeah, uh, I'm not standing in the lane. I'm, no. I'm personally not, and that's why I, I'm I doing think, this. Yeah, that's why I think Shaq <laughs> is the. <laughs> I think Shaq is the most dominant player to ever play the game of basketball. 
Um, and it's no offense to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's no offense to Bill Russell. It's no offense to Will Chamberlain. No offense to Hakeem. It's no offense to any of those guys, right? And which all of them, which I think are up there. Tim Duncan, you could say. As well, Timmy D. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of guys you could put up there. Dirk, I think is maybe a little under, underrated one. But there's there's probably yeah. nobody in the history of the game that you looked across the court and, and you were scared. Terrified. I mean, you were scared. Absolutely I mean, terrified. Shaq, when he came into the league in his Orlando days, and I tell people this all the time when he's playing with Penny, 7'2", this was before he put on a lot of weight. I mean, he was 7'2", about 290, 300. Um, he, he, was was a lean, he was a lean 300 pounds. He ran the floor like a point guard. Um, he was running down blocking shots. He was tearing a rim about every other game. Um, I mean, people people forget, Connor, that Shaq pretty much single – he and Penny Hardaway single-handedly carried the Orlando Magic with a bunch of other role players over Michael Jordan in the 1995 Eastern Conference Finals. People forget that. People forget that the Magic beat the Bulls in six. People oh, yeah. forget. And it was, it's they went on and they went on and played in the NBA Finals that year, and they got swept by the Rockets. But what people don't remember about that series is that each of those four games were decided by 15 points or less. And I think for Shaq, he was that dominant early on in his career. And I think the Magic were well on their way to being a super team before you had super teams. And Penny Hardaway always said that he thought that Kobe and Shaq were really supposed to be Penny and Shaq. And yeah. he had a lot of resentment because of that. And I just think that when you look at Shaq, and again, I know this isn't about Penny and Shaq or Kobe and Shaq, but just what he brought to the table as a big man, especially in his elite years, I don't think we'll ever see again. I do think an underrated big man of all time, and I think he's kind of hurt his legacy in his, in his later on in his career, despite winning a championship, Dwight Howard. I think Dwight, uh, he, he's – in my opinion, one of the greatest defenders of all time, especially down low. We're talking big man. Um, I think it was Robert of MVP the year Derrick Rose won it. A lot of people would like to argue with me on that. I think I think Dwight should have won it. But on the same token, again, I think that Dwight is a very underrated big man in the history of the game of basketball. But he just didn't have the sustainability that these other gentlemen had that we're talking about. So we're going to continue no. moving on. Final question of the night, Connor. Final topic of the night. Am I tweaking or is Tom Brady the greatest athlete to ever live? Um, and and I'll, I'll say this. You can take that as decorated. You can take that as athletic talent. You can take it and run with it. That's why I didn't put any, any reins on the question. I want to counter Jelly's raw answer on this. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my feelings about him aside for all this. Okay. Okay. I think he's up there. Okay. But here's the thing: is that if we want to go decorated, plus talent. Okay, we'll do that. Plus talent, decoration, and plus talent. Uh, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams are up there for sure. Um, I would honestly say Serena, and that ends. I would say aspect. Tiger. I would disagree and say Tiger, but I doubt. I think you could make the argument for either. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Just, just because. Well, when you look at it, just because uh, Serena's got to do a lot of moving. I mean, a heck of a lot more moving than what Tiger does. But Tiger's shot shaping is unreal. I mean, the way. See, he here's just... my thing. I love that you bring up Tiger because I'm not that big of a golf fan, nor am I that big of a tennis fan, right? But I was talking with one of my buddies who's a big golf fan, probably about I don't know eight to ten months ago. And I, I posed this question to him. I said, is Tom Brady greatest athlete of all time? And he goes, no. 
I said, well, then who is? I'm like, Tom owns every NFL record. He's won seven Super Bowls. I mean, he's still doing what he's doing at 45 years old. I mean, when he played Sunday night against the Cowboys, he became the oldest quarterback to ever start an NFL football game. And he's still doing it at an elite level, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm- and I said, well, 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 who is it? And he's a big golf guy. He looks at me and goes, Tiger Woods. I said, you're, you're just saying that because you're a golf fan. I said, you're just saying that because you're a golf fan. And I said, you're just being biased right now. And I said, you know, there, there's no reason to be biased. I'm not going to have my feelings hurt if you throw out there Deion Sanders or you say Bo Jackson or you say Jim Thorpe or you say whoever else off the wall. I, th- I think no, Bo Jackson what he is told a good me? one, though. But you know what he told me, Kyle? He goes, go and look him up. So I go and I, and I look up Tiger Woods. Let's read off some of his accomplishments in his career. Go for it. The Masters, he won in 97, 01, 02, 05, and 19. Five times. Five times. PGA Championship, he's won four times. 99, 2000, 06, and 07. U.S. Open, 2000, 02, and 08. The Open Championship, 2000, then won it again in 05 and 06. He went in the World Golf Hall of Fame in 2015. He was the PGA Rookie of the Year in 1996. We'll name all the years in which he was the PGA Player of the Year, 97, 99, 2000, 01, 02, 03, 05, 06, 07, 09, and 13. He was the PGA Tour Player of the Year in 97, 99, 2000, 01, 02, 03, 05, 06, 07, 09, and 13. He was the PGA Tour Leading Money Winner in 97, 99, 2001, 02, 05, 06, 07, 09, and 13. And he was the FedEx Cup Champion in 07 and 09 as well. He has 82 PGA Tour wins. He has 41 European Tour wins, three Japanese Golf Tour wins, two Asian Tour wins. He has three PGA Tour of Australasia wins and 17 other wins, 110 uh, professional wins, and he's been ranked number one for 683 weeks of his career. Dare I say anything else about Tiger Woods? There's nobody else that you'll find more decorated in their sport. And, again, you look at what Tom has done and you look at what Tiger Woods has done, and that just trumps that. And we could pull up Serena's numbers too, but I still feel like Tiger is more decorated. Oh, yeah. Well, so here's the thing. You can easily say Tom Brady's probably the greatest quarterback to ever enter the NFL, um, which I'm still not decorated. Gonna decorated. I'm not going to say most talented. Decorated. Oh, yeah. See, I don't, I'm not, I'm never going to say it just because there's a few on my mind that I could say. But Tiger Woods, the Peyton way that. Manning. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I just want to throw that out there. God bless you. God bless you. Peyton is the goat. Um, but no, dude, Tiger Woods, the way that he changed the game of golf, the way that he could see a shot, decide how to hit it, and then absolutely replicate that just off of his, like. He changed his- the way a golf is played. Yeah. Come I mean, on. all over Which, the world. Which again, we'll talk about Serena now. I don't want to. I don't want to take Serena out of this argument. Okay, Serena, eight hundred fifty-six wins, one hundred and fifty-six losses. That's an eighty-four point six percent winning percentage. In it's tennis. insane. In tennis, okay, it's insane. She has seventy-three career titles. She is number. She was number one. She first reached that in July eight two thousand two. It's her highest ranking in the world. She's won the Australian Open in oh three oh five oh seven oh nine ten fifteen and seventeen. She's won the French Open in oh two thirteen and fifteen. She's won Wimbledon. Goodness gracious, alive. Oh two oh three oh nine ten twelve. 15 and 16 and she's won the u.s open in 99 0208 12 13 and 14 so we say all that to say this i think the three most decorated athletes of all time no matter how you rank them 
Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams. I'm going to go Tiger out of those three. So now we'll pose the question, Connor. I know I said I kind of had a subjective one, right? Who is the most talented athlete of all time? Well, before I say that, just let me say, I'm pretty sure Serena won one of her championships while she was pregnant, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So let's just put that out That's there. a That's, feed in its own. I mean, come on. She's a goat just for that. You okay? know, neither one of us could do that. No shot. No shot. If I tried to do it. Well, I mean, I mean I'm just saying it's not physically possible. Well, yeah, that was the whole point right there. But anyway, so greatest but athlete. I, I will say this, all jokes aside, I don't know too many women that, that could do that. I mean, that's a very powerful, very powerful thing. It's but anyway. very unheard of. But anyway, so greatest athlete, pure athlete of all time. There is only one person on this planet that can be called the greatest athlete to ever exist. And he knows it because Bo knows everything. Bo does know everything, yes. Bo knows everything. Bo Jackson is the greatest athlete to ever walk this planet. The man I was disagree. so – Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. Hang on. I disagree. Just, Hang just, on. The just man that played, out there before you finish. The man played baseball and football at the highest levels. Had no issue, okay? He was so explosive that it was not good for him. He tore – he tore – what was it? One of wasn't it? One it was of his, something it was, in his hip. It was one of his hip sockets. He completely tore it up his hip because he was so explosive that when he got tackled, that one play and tried to catch himself with his left foot, he was so muscular and so explosive that when he did that in that angle, that's when it just all snapped. He was just so explosive, and I mean, it was, I mean, when he came up and came through, no one had ever seen anything like it. I mean, he he dominated in the sport of football. Okay. One of his greatest – his two top highlights out of baseball were with his cannon of an arm where he uh, – well, one of them is. One of them is where he's a spider monkey absolutely just running across the outfield wall, you know. And then the one that I see a lot that I always remember is he just lazily catches a fly ball midway into left field and then just looks at first base and decides – yeah, you know, I'm gonna throw it there. I'm gonna throw this thing. <laughs> Throws it, and about two seconds later, it is an absolute dime right at the chest. And I'm pretty sure they said that was easily like probably 102 mile an hour throw, but they can never yeah, judge because you can't see the baseball. You can't see the baseball in the Bo, video Bo at pitched. all. I mean, I recommend y'all go watch Bo highlights in baseball because they're just as insane as they are for football. Let's not forget, Bo hit a leadoff homer in the All Star game in 1988 as well. Yeah. Okay. Who does that? What Who kind of football that? player does that? Okay. But Bo don't know everything, right? <laughs> Bo is not the greatest athlete to ever live. All right. Let's hear it. Who's yours? Some may call it bias. Some may call it bias. Some may <laughs> call it biased because that's the only argument they'll have prime time Deion Sanders greatest athlete to ever live I've said it I'll say it again I can back it up Bobby Cox the all-time great Braves manager said out of his mouth that Deion would have ever focused on baseball Deion would have been a 20 homer guy a year why do you think Deion and the Braves begged Deion to come back and play in the playoffs Deion is the only only let me say this only player to ever play in a Super Bowl and a World Series. Deion, Deion Sanders is the only, 
only player to ever score a touchdown in an NFL regular season game and hit a home run in a Major League Baseball game the same week. Dion is the only player to ever be dressed out for an NFL game and a Major League Baseball game in the same physical calendar day. Deion Sanders is the greatest athlete to ever live. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and debate with you just because, you know, we both have our opinions, but that is a very good, very good take for sure. I mean, Deion, I'll say this. I mean, look, Deion, not many people are prime who is the Who is the greatest cornerback to ever live? Deion. I mean, not look. No, I mean, not many people can lock down your best receiver in that era. I mean, he was against Jerry Rice. I mean, we're talking, we're talking Terrell Owens. We're talking, we're talking all these dudes. Like some of the elite receivers to ever just show up and play the game of football. And he was a Dion locked him down. He was a he was a very very good, borderline great leadoff hitter. If he had really focused on baseball, Dion Sanders is the greatest athlete to ever live. Though I won't argue with you about Bo. <laughs> Anybody I mean, that says Bo, I won't argue with him. I mean, it's the same thing about you know Roberto and Griffey. You can just always argue yeah. those two. And I, and I think that a lot of people forget about Jim Thorpe because he was a, before a lot of our time back in the early 1900s. Yeah. And I've, I've heard an argument that you could make an argument for for LeBron James. And I'm not a LeBron fan by any sort of the means. So that's not any bias. So, but LeBron is a physical specimen. I mean, he's be doing what he's doing at almost what thirty nine years old. I think yeah, he's, he's, he's up on. He, he's literally basically Hercules. He, yeah, I mean, and I mean, that. have you seen his flag football highlights? Oh, they're unreal, dude. You know, dude. he had an offer from Ohio State to play football. Yeah, I mean, LeBron, LeBron could play. LeBron could play some football, man. So um, that's kind of our takes on that. I think that's a very wide open question. If you have any more names that you'd like to throw at us, by all means, please do so. Tomorrow's podcast, we're going to talk about a lot more of modern stuff. We're going to talk about your 1-0 NFL teams, who to take this weekend, as well as we're going to talk about, suggested by Mr. Cameron Earls, shout out to the Piedmont soccer, men's soccer legend, suggested why don't you guys talk about the transfer portal and just about your opinions on that. So we'll be sharing all that and more on tomorrow morning's podcast. Connor, as always, final thoughts and one final hot, hot take of the night before we end episode four. Well, I mean, as always, I love doing this. This is one of the fav- my favorite things I look forward to during the day. So it's always nice to chat it up with you, debate a little bit here and there. Um, you know, I'm still going to say Clemente over Griffey. Um, you know, I can't I can't say Bo knows technically over Dion because it's just so close. I mean, you can flip a coin and I'll be happy. But hottest take that I have today is well i really got to think of one don't i um let's do this let's do it's this gotta be spicy give me give me a sport give me a sport i'll rattle one off give me we're a gonna sport. go we're gonna go basketball basketball okay pacers shock the nation and i'm not saying it just because i love the pacers but we have a good young group i do miss sabonis a heck of a lot i still wish we would have traded miles turner instead of sabonis um you know for tyree yeah yeah, but I love Tyrese and I love Buddy Heald. Um, uh, I think the Pacers finally get back to their playoff run. And I think we, you know, I don't think we make the championship, but with this young team, I wouldn't be surprised if we made a name for ourselves and make it to the conference finals. Okay. That's not crazy. That's not crazy. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's crazy. 
Um, my final thoughts on tonight. Again, thank you, Andy Klein. Connor, thank you for joining us as as always, because you're the co-host. Intricate part here. We love Connor Jelly. <laughs> we we stand Scott Jelly as well. Um, Throwback Thursday, let us know what you guys think about it. I really enjoyed it. Um, one of our longer podcasts, I know, but if you made it this far, thank you guys for listening to us as well. Hot take, Connor. I'll return the favor. You pick a sport, and I got you. Okay. Um, you know what? Let's do. And let's not be facetious here. Let's pick something that I know about. Oh, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna pick hockey. I wasn't gonna do that. That's that's more in my area. Yeah, okay. you would really be messing me up if you. Did that. <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's go MLB here. Let's go Major League Baseball. Okay, I like it. Um, hot take for Major League Baseball. See, this is tough because I've been getting a lot of judgments about my hot takes on Major League Baseball. So I want to say something that phrase people's eyebrows, but not too many people get mad at me. All right. Um, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go with – man, that's a tough one. All right. Let's go with this. Aaron Judge will not get 61 homers. He sits on 57 as we speak, and I don't think he'll get 61 homers. I like it. I like it. I think – I think I that's – I think that's I'm with good. you there. I really do. He's been on. He did. I knew this was coming too. I knew his, his drought was coming. It was. Dude. I don't think. I don't think he's gonna get it. He hit two the other night. I'm just saying he very well could, but hmm. He's seen went, crazier things happen. He's went. His longest drought has been nine straight games over the year. So it'll be interesting to see. That's all I'm saying. I. I don't think you'll get that. Justin Scally, Pete, my baseball coach. He won't like that whatsoever. Love you, Coach. Uh, <laughs> it is a podcast everyone. tonight, episode number four. Again, Throwback Thursday, first rendition of it. Please let us know what you think. Again, thank you to Connor Jelly, Andy Klein for doing everything he does behind the scenes. And again, for everybody, I'm Brett Loftus here on the Where Else Would You Rather Be podcast. Nowhere else I'd rather be than behind the microphone talking to you, best listeners in the world. Until tomorrow morning. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Peace and love, everybody. Where else would you rather be? Where else would you rather be? Nowhere. I love it here. <laughs> <laughs>